1: so we have Jake Basel, who is the amazing voice actor and puppeteer behind Winnie the Pooh off Broadway right now in the new stage adaptation of Winnie the Pooh. He has also worked on Sesame Street as a puppet actor and several other amazing shows on movie, TV, and stage. So I'm so excited to talk with him and round out season six. Hi.
0: Hi. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you? I am great. I am wonderful. It is a day off here. So we're <laughs> resting, we're relaxing, we're recharging all the good things. Absolutely. Now, would you like to start out by telling everyone how you got to where you are? Oh, sure. Well, that is a big, <laughs> that's a big question. But I'll give you the I'll give you the, the cliff notes version. So I am a, a puppeteer and a voice actor, as you mentioned, I kind of came up through the kids media world more than I did the theater world. I was lucky when I was about 12 years old, I had a family friend who worked at Sesame Street. And I was a huge Muppets fan and a huge Jim Henson fan. So I was able to visit that day of filming and that was kind of the day that changed a lot of things for me. I went on to sort of uh, be mentored by some of those cast members and then eventually, (laughs) fast forward many years, (laughs) uh, worked on the show. But but Sesame was really my, my way into working in theater and in kids TV and in puppets and in voice acting. Um, and from there, it's just been uh, hopping from job to job and and, and and doing
1: the best we can. But that was really what what, what started it all. <laughs> yeah. And with Winnie the Pooh right now, I've heard some of the promotions of the show and you, oh my gosh, it brings back all of the watching of Winnie the Pooh for years and years. So I wanted to ask you how you found that voice and got to be this character?
0: Well, thank you very much, first off. Um, yeah, I mean, this this project has really happened in a pretty special way. I think very few <laughs> jobs actually happen the way that this has kind of come about. I was first asked to sort of hop onto this project in May of 2018, when it was just like a little seed of an idea. It was a, a meeting between some of the producers and, and the folks at Disney Theatrical, to see if there was sort of anything here. And I was brought into that stage of development. And I just, I started, I sort of had a few days knowing that I was going to have to do something poo, be in a, in a prototype of the poo puppet. So I learned a few phrases that I was able to mimic. Uh, I learned his laugh. That's really where it all started. And then again, fast forward. Now I've had about three years, what is it? Three years, four years of workshops and, and readings and so much listening to the brilliant Jim Cummings and the brilliant Sterling Holloway, and going back and 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 reading and and watching and listening as much as I possibly could find. So the answer really with with the voice for me is it's just been uh, the gift of having so much time to be able to get it to a place uh, that I'm I'm happy with. So I'm glad it has that effect. That is the that has been the desired effect. It's it's a voice that everyone knows. It's a it's a much beloved character, obviously. Um, so definitely. Definitely put in my hours trying to get it right.
1: Yeah. And would it be possible to get a few examples of your poo voice just for everyone listening? I'm sure you get asked that a lot.
0: Oh, but of course we could get a few examples. Yes, I do. I, I do get asked. But you know what? It is always a gift to be able to uh, give the gift of Winnie the Pooh.
1: Oh, my God. So
0: there, there, Mason, is your example.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh. That just made my day. Forget all the mess that happened before we started. He's always in the
0: room. He's always with me.
1: Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But you also do that while using the puppet. So what is your preparation to get into show mode in Senses to perform the show every day or most days?
0: Most days. Yes, most days. What is my preparation? Um, Well, Sort of, a, a, I think a big thing to know when we're talking about preparation for this show is we have quite a few 10 a.m.s on our schedule because it is a family show. So a big part of my warming up is, is just waking up and getting my voice to a place where it feels sort of show ready that early in the morning is, is certainly a part of the warm up. Generally, I will get into costume and mic at about like 45 to curtain, 45 minutes to curtain. And then I go downstairs in our sort of hallway underneath the stage where I can be as far away from the audience as possible. And I run through like so much of the show vocally just to get it to a place where it sounds right. It's a delicate voice. So finding the exact right balance, uh, the key to it is just being sort of as as vocally warm as I can be. And then while I'm doing that, it's a lot of uh, stretching my back. The puppet is about 40 pounds. So he's a big boy. There's a lot of stuff and fluff there. So it's making sure that, you know, my. it's a lot of core work. It's a lot of back work, making sure that my my body is, is loose and ready um, and warmed up yeah. to run around with 40 pounds attached to me singing in my falsetto for an hour.
1: <laughs> yeah. So having that delicate voice, what tips do you have for people wanting to get into voice acting to make sure it's healthy and sustainable for when they start to create a career out of it?
0: Oh, gosh. I mean, that is... That's another. That's another big question. It's thankfully the poo voice itself is a very healthy and easily recreatable one. There certainly are, are voices out there, you know, that can be screamy and yelly and have that rasp to them. Sometimes referred to as throat rippers in the industry. Um, thankfully, I, I, I am very blessed and very glad to uh, have a voice here that I'm recreating that is none of those things. But it's you know it's it's the same as any other person in any other musical. Um, it's a lot of making sure I'm I'm sleeping enough and I'm drinking enough water. And there's a lot of throat coat happening backstage. It's sort of all the usual suspects. I don't think there's anything that uh, people would be surprised by that I'm doing. It really is just. I mean, it's it's very Winnie the Pooh of me. But it's a lot of it's a lot of sleep and a lot of honey. <laughs>
2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply.
1: So in other shows, you might have to create characters. How do you go into shows to read the script and find what you want to accentuate about their voice? Mm.
0: Well, I mean, if we're working sort of in like the animation space, which is where I do most of my voice work, we will look at we usually get a character breakdown that has, you know, a drawing of of the character and illustration of the character, whether that's a, a fully rendered drawing or just sort of a, a sketch. And the great thing about about animation is we're working with characters that are usually pr- pretty, they have pretty distinct features. So I will do my best to try to um, put that character in my body, put that character in my face and, and, and see sort of what comes up vocally, I, re- I very rarely start like with trying to create a voice yeah you you want to create the character and let the voice follow. put it put the character in your body, and the voice will follow i think is is probably the best place to start and from there, it's a lot of fine tuning a lot of other different tools that we're thinking about as voice actors but but generally getting out of your head and getting into your body is a good place to start
1: yeah, and would that also be one of your first tips for people wanting to get into the voice industry like when they realize they can do these different voices to find those different jobs is to be confident in yourself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you're
0: someone who is interested in doing animation, there are many wonderful coaches out there, of which I am one. Yes. That is my that's my the other side of what I do. Not to plug myself too hard here, but um I am a I'm an animation voiceover coach in my in my non Winnie the Pooh hours. And usually, yeah, that process I'll work with a lot of folks, a lot of folks who come from the world of theater and Generally, we start by, you know, teaching them all of the the sort of the animation toolbox, which is, there's a lot of overlap with theater, there's a lot of overlap with, with film, but there are some key differences in there. And then once folks really do have a command of those differences, a command of that toolbox, we uh, will work on building a demo, an animation demo, which is uh, really the key to being able to uh, either get an agent or get in the rooms, getting in those casting rooms that can start to get you those, those animation jobs and get into that
1: that side of the industry. Yeah. And while we're at it, do you want to plug where people can get those lessons and get you as a coach?
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. I will.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Um,
0: uh, It's just jakebazel.com slash coaching. So jakebazel.com slash coaching. Um, Yeah, I love teaching. Teaching has really been, I mean, I've done a lot of it during these crazy pandemic times. It's great for me because you know I can do it over Zoom and I'm able to reach students all over the US, all over Canada. It's a, it's a really, animation is a really great outlet. I I love, I've always been a character kind of person, even from when I was a kid, I was, I was always a character actor. So I feel very at
1: home in animation and I love uh, helping bring that out in other people. It's, it's a lot of fun. And during that, you mentioned during shutdown and during COVID. So has the time off, well, time away helped you get more booking jobs and you can do that virtually, or is that still something that you need to go into the studio for? Uh, yeah, during the pandemic,
0: we certainly all moved to uh, more of a home studio style. It was, I think, right at the beginning of the pandemic, um, a lot of people thought about voiceover in a new way, because it is something you can do safely and remotely. So there was a, a big spike in interest in commercial voiceover and animation voiceover, which was great, because it, it it kept me as a coach, It it was such a collaborative time. And people were so hungry to to have that kind of collaboration, that some really, some really fun students and some really
1: great voice actors came out of that 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 swell of people moving to to voiceover. Um, and how's it been going back into the world of theater to be a voiceover actor and still handle coaching at the same time? Going back into theater
0: has been such a gift. We are all so we have a, such a different perspective and a different, I think, appreciation. I mean, we were always appreciative to have audiences yeah Yeah. but now to be in this spot where uh you know we lost it for a bit to be back with audiences and real people in a real room telling a a story like it 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 feels that much more precious i think every show and that certainly isn't lost on any of us in the company yeah it and, and and this show specifically uh winnie the pooh is such a hug of a show. um, And it's about friendship. And it's about coming together as those stories always have been. So in a lot of ways, it feels sort of like the perfect time to be bringing these characters back and bringing them into a space where they're in the same room with, you know, people who have loved them since they were children. It just it through all the craziness that we've been through, this feels like a really uh, beautiful and poetic time to to be telling these stories for sure.
1: Definitely. Um, And on your website, you listed that you are also a director, as well as many other things. So I wanted to know what type of projects you have directed and what you might want to direct more in the future.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, um, one of the first shows, one of the first theater shows I was involved in uh, when I moved to the city was The Very Hungry Caterpillar Show, which was created and directed by Jonathan Rockefeller, who is one of the producers on Pooh um, and the director on Pooh. And um, that show and that and that project ended up being so much more of a gift than I thought it was going to be. I initially signed a contract in like it was the end of 2015. It was like Christmas 2015, and I think it was supposed to be like a month long run um, in early 2016. And then it just kept on getting extended and extended. And then we moved theaters and closed for a bit and reopened in a different space. And then we ended up going to out to Seattle with the show, and and it's just sort of been this this project that has Continued to come back uh, in my life and snowball in this beautiful way. I think I've done that show now over like seven hundred times or something crazy. But uh, when it was set to go out on its first its first national tour, I believe it was the first national tour. Um, Jonathan handed uh, the reins to me to to direct that. So I've directed the tour a couple times, and they did a Japanese tour that I put up as well. Um, And then I've gone out to a few different regional theaters around the country to uh, either direct or puppet direct, essentially get the show up on its feet. And that's been, again, such a gift, such a who could have ever seen that coming when I signed that contract for four weeks back in early 2016.
1: That's amazing. Um, And I'm hopping back to um, voiceover and stuff like that. I know I'm hopping all over the place, but what have your. We can hop. I like to hop. What have your audition processes been like for Winnie the Pooh and all your other voice acting and puppetry gigs? Yeah, I mean, they're
0: all certainly pretty different from each other. Uh, I was lucky with Pooh that I didn't really audition because we moved from that first meeting that I was talking about to, to table readings and then and then a handful of workshops on the show. So in some ways, I didn't. I never actually fully auditioned, but also it sort of felt like I was auditioning for a full, you know, three years there. Um, as we continued to build the show, every time we did another workshop, it felt a bit like an audition. So no audition, but also <laughs> the longest audition of my life. With other puppet stuff and other TV stuff, what's great about the puppetry community in New York and all over but I think you know I can really speak to the New York crowd. We are a small and uh mighty group of people. There's there's not many of us. So it's a really sort of different relationship that I think that we have with auditioning than probably most actors do because it tends to be the same 30 or 40 people going up for for most jobs and if you don't get it, you know one of your good friends is probably going to get it and they're going to be perfect for the show and that in you know it's it's they're the right guy or girl for it. So I'm certainly grateful for that. It it seems to be a I think it's a it's a pretty healthy uh relationship with auditioning. Every audition feels a little bit like a <laughs> a family reunion. <laughs> Which is great cuz I I hate auditioning. I'm I I
1: it is not one of my strongest suits. Yeah. <laughs> me neither. Auditioning frightens me so much. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, you're not alone. It's a
1: yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I I've asked this I just hit my 50 episode mark, but do you prefer the education that you got um, maybe in acting or voice acting or the experience that you've gotten working on all the different shows? So I, I never went to a university for, for
0: acting. Um, I kind of got lucky and was, I had um, uh, an opportunity to sort of just jump right into work with, with a gig. And while that was certainly uh, scary at the time, just jumping in like that and and taking that risk i am certainly now grateful that i did that certainly the 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 education that i've gotten on the different shows that i've done has been invaluable so yeah i think i think the university route you know it 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 wasn't right for me but it's incredibly valuable for a lot of people uh so it really is uh it's hard in the, you know in the acting world and in the theater world and in the freelance artist world you've got to i think really listen to your gut on that one Yeah. Yeah. There's no right answer. I don't think, you know, it's, it's for me, university wasn't right, but it's, it's different for everybody. And every, every path is valid. I mean, all of my friends who work in, in voice acting and in puppetry and in theater now, everyone has such a different path. And it all got us to pretty much the same place. So
1: you got to, you got to follow what's right for you, for sure. And I know it might get old for people listening to hear that for the 50th time, but I get so fascinated every time I ask that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So coming out of the pandemic, what was your first Broadway show or just show in general back in the theater? Oh, in the audience. My first show back. uh,
0: Well, I saw the um, Disney did a concert back in like July 2021, I want to say, at the New Amsterdam. And that was a really fun night because at that point, I knew I was doing Winnie the Pooh, but no one else knew I was doing Winnie the Pooh. So I got to live my, you know, Disney nerd dreams uh, at that at that show. That was a really a really special night. Just being back in a theater for the first time, and the New Amsterdam is such a gorgeous space. It really felt like a beautiful communal experience. And then my first sh- like Broadway show back, I think, was Hades Town, which was also stunning and gorgeous and a wonderful a wonderful night. Which was just like full of sobbing. I was just crying the whole time. All of my friends that I was with, we were all just a mess the entire time, for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, is there any other things that you want to add? Any tips or advice or anything you want to add before we wrap up? Tips or advice? Uh, no, I think I think I've covered it. I
0: think just you know, it's it's the theme of the day. Apparently, it's just you do you. Everyone just gotta follow their own path. I certainly. I mean, when I was your age, I think I was uh, very eager to get going and 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 jump in and and start working. And now and I'm, you know, which is and that that was my path. And I'm really glad that it was. And since I've learned, I think, quite a bit about uh, patience and I'm grateful that I've learned about that, like it's all going to be okay. Whatever path you're on, it's going to be okay. You're going to get there when you're supposed to get there.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to chat. This was amazing. And I can't wait to get to New York at some time to see Winnie the Pooh.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Mason.